Hi, happy Merry Christmas time, friends. This is Erin. I just wanted to hop on real quick and let you know what is going on with these episodes. So every Sunday, we're going to re-release our Advent series from last year in 2019. We wanted to do this because it walks beautifully through our Advent resource that we have created. We've created this Advent puzzle of discussion cards that you can walk through um, with your friend, by yourself, with your family. They're really for people of all ages. And it talks about how from the story of scripture, it's all about Jesus, the son of God. And we see that all the way through creation to restoration. So each week, these episodes that are being re-released will be a supplement to help you walk through that Advent um, resource that we've created for you guys. And then turn tune in uh, as normal on Thursdays, and you'll get to hear our this year's Advent series, where we're walking through the theology of different Christmas songs. It's going to be so fun. Thanks for tuning in. Hello, welcome back to Adorn Podcast. This is episode 83, and we are continuing in our series on Advent. Hi, friends, and welcome to the Adorned Podcast. We're your hosts, Erin and Casey. We would love for you to come join us each week as we discuss what it means to be made beautiful by God's Word. Whether you are a college student walking to class, a mom folding laundry during nap time, or a boss babe sitting in rush hour traffic, we hope that we can encourage and inspire you to pursue a deeper understanding of the Bible. So we're going to talk about the part of scripture um, that is redemption today. But before we do, let's have another fun question. What is the funnest Christmas? Is funnest a word? I didn't even know. Uh, I was writing that down. I was like, maybe the most fun. Funner. What is, is the funner? <laughs> <laughs> what is the most fun Christmas party you've ever been to? Oh man! If you can't think of a party, you are such a game person. Tell us the best game you've ever played at Christmas. I think. Oh my gosh, I love games. So I love all those ones where it's like you can steal from each other. I forget. Everybody's <gasps> oh, like name. white, white elephant, elephant or but not like yeah, dumb presents. Like okay, yeah, either funny or like those are so good fun. presents. Good presents. Yeah. And yeah, I always love the like. I'm so competitive, so I love the like stealing yeah. and all that stuff. I like that um, too. We did a lot of stuff like that when I was a kid. I think funnest party is going to be the same answer as you. Our Christmas party last year was really fun for our life group. Yeah. But so I'll let you answer that one. yes. So okay. Here's something about me that a lot of people that aren't close to me don't know. Like, I am a true crime junkie. <laughs> like, I love, like, true crime or even fake crime. Like, <laughs> like CSI. And, like, I listen to the podcast called Crime Junkies. Like, um, I mean, I just... I love like mystery and like trying to figure things out. And if you know me, like it doesn't really go with my personality because I'm high anxiety, like very like scared. Like yeah. I'm not super I like, like brave or courageous, but it doesn't make me paranoid. Like that's the weird thing. I can't listen to that. And my guest. grandmother, my grandmother's the same way. Like we will sit and talk about like Dateline and like 2020 <laughs> and stuff for like, hours. Like, it's so it's so bizarre because it doesn't fit with my personality at all, but I love it. So last year at Christmas for our life group Christmas party, we did a murder mystery party. 
And we were given, like, characters before the party started, and you had to come, like, dressed up as your character. And then as the party went on, and we bought this, like, kit online. It wasn't, like, a kit that, like, came in the mail. It was all digital. Um, And even the person that puts it together doesn't necessarily know the answers. Like, it's really cool how how they make it all work. But we get there, and, you like, you get cards at a certain time, and someone dies in the middle of the party. <laughs> and it, it so even fun. gives you, like, food suggestions. And it was so, so much fun. So much fun. And I won. <laughs> like, I am not a game person. I don't like games very much. But this was, like, my thing. And I actually ended up winning because, like, solving mystery, it's, like, my thing. And so it was, like, the best night ever. It was just so <laughs> was much really fun. fun. It was, it was so, so, so much fun. Um, I feel like it was like a bonding experience I do too. It again. Like it, really it made some people stretch outside of their comfort zones yeah. because, like, a lot of people in our group, they weren't crazy about like acting and stuff like that. And it was a lot of fun. It was really fun. So yeah, really fun. Um, you learned a little bit about me today. One of my <laughs> vices, I guess. Okay, so let's recap what we've covered so far, talking about the meta narrative of scripture um, as it refers to Christmas. Go for it. Go for it. Okay, so the first week we talked about creation and how um, Jesus or the Son was actually there at creation from the beginning of time. He didn't just, he wasn't just born at Christmas, poof, all of a sudden he exists. The Son was there at creation. And then last week we talked about the fall and how um, if we didn't have original sin and the effects of the fall, then Christmas would be meaningless. Like we wouldn't need Christmas. Jesus Mm -hmm. wouldn't have had to come as a baby. So this week, and we also talked about how um, leading up to his birth, all of scripture points to him, even Mm -hmm. those boring, confusing Levitical laws, like (laughs) it all leads to Jesus. And so this week we're going to talk about the piece called redemption. So we thought it would be helpful um, to give some definitions of what redemption means. Yeah, because I think we, it's one of those kind of almost Christianese words, right? Yeah, We're for like, sure. Oh, yeah, redemption. I, I know what that means. Yeah. Um, and so in, in this context, like Casey said, we thought it'd be helpful. So I, I went back and found the original word, which um, I'm not sure <laughs> how to say this one, but I'm going to give <laughs> it a try. Apolytrophosis? Apolytrophosis. Yeah, awesome. Yes. Okay, let's go with that. <laughs> um, and it means the releasing effected by payment of ransom, um, redemption, deliverance, or liberation procured by the payment of a ransom. So basically, when we were talking last week about the fall, we're talking about how we're all in need of a Savior because of our sin. And so when we speak of redemption, we're talking about the whole life, death, and resurrection of Jesus because that is what paid our ransom for us. Right, because Jesus just couldn't come floating down as a divine creature and cover our sins there's a reason that he had to be born born as a human Mm -hmm. and um we've talked about catechism quite a bit on here but actually some of our questions in the last few weeks we at our house use the new city catechism and um our questions actually kind of went along with this so one of the questions was what sort of redeemer is needed to bring us back to god and the answer is one that is truly human and also truly god Mm -hmm. and then the next question was well why must the redeemer be truly human And this answer was helpful for me. It's that in human nature, he might on our behalf perfectly obey the whole law and suffer the punishment for our sin. So he had.
had to be human. Like I said, he couldn't just come floating down as a divine mm-hmm. creature. He had to have both the human nature and the divine nature to pay the price for our sins. Yeah, that's good. The girls, um, they ask like the hardest theological questions. I feel like a lot of kids do. And so they've asked me before, like, well, why did Jesus have to die on the cross? Why couldn't he just say, I forgive you? And so I think when mm-hmm. we think about redemption, part of that, you know, might stir up a lot of questions. And um, one of those questions might be, well, why did he have to die? And so the catechism questions are really helpful for that. And I think like reminding ourselves that this is why the whole Bible matters is because we see all the way back, like there's covenants throughout mm-hmm. scripture and yeah. God creates, starts, you know, covenant with Adam and then there's a covenant with Noah and there's a covenant with Moses. And ultimately what Jesus is doing is he's establishing a new covenant um, that is what the covenant that we live under now. And so that's part of redemption is that Jesus is um, creating a new covenant with us, which requires uh, blood, blood sacrifice. sacrifice. Yeah. Even if you look all the way back to um, like Genesis 3 and 4, where right after Adam and Eve had sinned, and they're like, oh my goodness, we're naked. This is a horrible feeling. What do we do? Well, God made them clothes out of animal skins. And so the animal had to die in order for them to be covered, in order for them to not feel naked anymore. So we even see that picture all the way back, right after the first sin happened, of a sacrifice had to be made to cover their sin. Yeah. So we can't get into that too much because we could do a whole series <laughs> on all of that and blood covenants and all that. Um, but I just thought it was a good thing to remind ourselves. And if we take a step back, I think when we think about redemption, sometimes we tend to just think about the cross. Mm-hmm. Um, but we want to really make sure we're I- explaining redemption as in the life, death, right. and resurrection. Right. All of that yes. and what that accomplished. Mm-hmm. Um, because like Casey said, if he just came down, floated down, and then died on a cross that's not what happened like that's not how god designed it god designed it for him to be born Mm -hmm. and so any from that time on which is you know what christmas is about right and then from his life that that all of that is included in when we say redemption within Mm -hmm. the meta narrative of scripture so when we're looking at redemption in scripture it's hard to pick out just a few because there's so much like how about all of the gospels yes <laughs> just everything that's what Aaron wrote um all of Hebrews I'm like, <laughs> we don't have time to read all of Hebrews so we're just going to read a few different passages so this is Romans 3 21 through 24 but now the righteousness of God has been manifested apart from the law although the law and the prophets bear witness to it the righteousness of God through faith in Jesus Christ for all who believe for there is no distinction for all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God and are justified by his grace as a gift through the redemption that is in Christ Jesus. And as I was reading this, I was like, um, I have read that middle part so many times in my life. For all have sinned Mm -hmm. and fall short of the glory of God, which is so true, but we leave out the stuff around it. I know. And there's just so so much. Yes, and there's so much deep and rich meaning here because we all are sinners. Yes, absolutely, but God, like, Praise the Lord. He doesn't leave us there. He immediately says, look, like Jesus came and this is why I did this. And you will have redemption through his blood. And so um, just another reason to read the whole of scripture and to read more than just a sentence at a time. Yeah, that's really good. And I love how it says that we are justified by his grace as a gift 
through the redemption that is in Christ Jesus, because that's a good reminder for us that this is a gift. And then also it makes me think of Christmas. Like mm-hmm. this is a oh gift. Yeah, you know? Yes. Yes. Yeah. Oh, that's good. I like that. Um, another one from Romans, which we had read the first half of last week. So Romans five twelve, where it says, therefore, just as sin came into the world through one man and death through sin so that death spread to all men because all sin. So that's the part we talked about last week. That's the fall. But then the great part is, is that if we skip down a couple verses or if we continue to read, but I'm going to start again in 15, it says, but the free gift that we're talking about gift again, the free gift is not like the trespass for if many died through one man's trespass, much more have the grace of God and the free gift by the grace of that one man, Jesus Christ abounded for many. And it goes on to talk about this free gift. And what we're seeing here is that just like we were all under the fall because of Adam, then how much more through the perfect life, death, and resurrection of Jesus are we redeemed? But I think this is a good point. We can stop and talk about this for a second. Like, is the fall completely gone since Jesus came? Like, what does that look like for us? So... No, I mean, we still see the effects of it all the time. I feel like we're living in kind of this in between the already but not yet, you know, like we are still living with the effects of the fall. But at the same time, those of us that are in Christ Jesus, we have his imputed righteousness. So God doesn't see Mm -hmm. the effects of our sin anymore. He doesn't see our sin. He sees Jesus's righteousness. So we're living in kind of this between time. We can have redemption through the blood of Jesus, but yet we still have the effects of sin in our life. Yeah. Does that I think make that's, sense? Yeah, I think that's a really good reminder for us when we're thinking of the whole story, right? If we're thinking creation, fall, redemption, restoration, or consummation, or glorification, whatever word you're going to choose to put there. But for us to be like, okay, well, where do I fall within mm-hmm. that? We see that, obviously, we're, a, we're after Jesus, so yeah. we do have the redemption. But we are still under the fall, the effects mm-hmm. of the fall. And when we talk next week about... Um, the restoration piece, like we'll see that ultimately redemption and the fall, all of that is taken care of ultimately at that point. Praise the Lord. Can't wait for that day. Yes. Um, some more scripture about redemption. Let's see in him. We have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of our trespasses, according to the riches of his grace. That's Ephesians one seven. I feel like we could do all of Ephesians in this that's what I was thinking. So good, but I was and Romans. To like trim them down a little bit. And Romans yeah. and, well, anything Paul says, basically. And, yeah. And how about, like, all of the Bible? Oh, yeah. That, too. It all <laughs> points to redemption, huh? Yeah. Um, also, in Hebrews, Hebrews 9, 11 through 12 says, But when Christ appeared as a high priest of the good things that have come, then uh, through the greater and more perfect tent, not made with hands that is not of this creation, he entered once for all into the holy places, not by means of the blood of goats and calves, but by the means of his own blood, thus securing an eternal redemption. Yeah, that's really good. And I think, like we said, we could put all of um, Hebrews into this, but Hebrews, like kind of a central theme and a central um, thing that they continue to say is that Christ is the true and better blank Christ is the true Christ is the true and better high priest in this particular passage and coming back to that same book again the garden the curtain the cross what my favorite part in this book is where it talks about how Jesus came so that we can dwell with God again so Jesus came so that you know last week we were talking about where it said because of your sin you can't come in and then when Jesus comes um he it says the curtain tore God had ripped up the keep out sign God's wonderful place is open again because Jesus died we can go in Mm -hmm. and it goes on to talk about how what what Jesus's life death threat and resurrection does accomplish for us and it accomplishes for us to be able to dwell with God again and um, that starts you know 
from the beginning of time, which we've talked about with the creation episode, and then through the fall, we're, you know, have that time where we can't go in, and now Jesus comes, and now we are welcomed back in again. Mm-hmm. Another um, passage, which I thought was really funny, because we talked about the verses right after it in the creation episode, when we were talking about how um, Jesus is the firstborn of all, cre- or the son is the firstborn of all creation, and for by him things all things were created. But if we go right before that in Colossians 1, Verses 13 and 14, it says, He has delivered his son from the domain of darkness and transferred us to the kingdom of his beloved son, in whom we have redemption and the forgiveness of sins. So that's that's what it's about. We're being transferred mm-hmm. from the domain of darkness into, into light. light. Yeah, I love Which that. is, I think, a really great reminder. You wouldn't think of Christmas necessarily when you think of that verse. But when you think of Christmas, you do kind of think of, you know, this kind of lightning, mm-hmm. this like, joy that comes and the star that's you know lit in the sky that the shepherds fo- that the wise men follow and the shepherds and and how God's leading them with his light and yeah. so this is a theme we continue to see all throughout scripture of darkness and light and darkness and light and how you know God longs for us to be in the light yeah and I think I talked about it a little bit on an episode a couple of episodes back but that whole idea of, of how Christmas time is like the darkest time of the year and mm-hmm. Jesus yeah. coming and Jesus yes. is the light. And um, our friend Courtney and I were actually kind of talking about this yesterday about how when you go to Christmas parties, like you might leave at like five o'clock and it's like already so dark. Yes. It's just this dark and cold time of the year, but we can think about how Jesus is the light. Yeah. And when I struggle at night, like with anxiety and stuff, not because of listening to true crime, <laughs> <laughs> but when I struggle with, you know, just um, the darkness at night and just and and fear that creeps in about um just different things I've been praying that lately I've been praying like Jesus you are the light be the light to me right now take this darkness away you are the light your word is the light and um I just think there's so much to that we can we can have joy and we can um move from that darkness because Jesus is the light of the world so what does redemption in the story of scripture teach us about Christmas? Well, I mean, really, it's the whole reason we celebrate Christmas at all, right? right. Like we <laughs> talked about, like we wouldn't even have Christmas if it wasn't for redemption because redemption is the reason that Jesus had to be born as a baby, that he had to come at all, that he couldn't just stay in heaven with his father. He had to come in order to redeem us. Yeah. So it's the whole reason we celebrate Christmas, period. Yeah. Yeah. Straightforward. Yeah. So how do we see Christmas differently now that we've looked at creation, fall, and redemption? Okay, so I spent a long time thinking about this. And I think that when you view scripture with a lens of everything pointing to Jesus, like we've been talking about, like the whole Bible points to Jesus, I think it kind of makes Christmas less of a season and it makes it something that you meditate on year round. So instead of just thinking about the story of Matthew and the story in Luke in in at Christmas time, like it's something that for me, I've started thinking about that whole story more year round. And like I was talking about earlier or on the last episode, I'm a very seasoned person. Yeah. So I'm like, well, but if I 
if I think about the Christmas story year round, like, isn't, isn't it going to make it less special? But then as I was thinking about that too, like it doesn't make the Christmas season any less important or any less special. So I was thinking about it, how it's kind of like, and we've used this, we've used this illustration before, but it's kind of like how you love your spouse or your friend more, like the longer you know them, the more you study them, the more you know about their heart and who they are. So the more familiar that I've become with the big story of scripture, the better I know God. And then the deeper my love is for him. And so as we celebrate Christmas in the Christmas season, it makes it even sweeter. So spending time meditating about how Jesus came as a baby and what that means and, and why he had to do that. And all of these things, like spending time thinking about that year round, maybe when I'm studying Genesis, maybe when I'm studying math, uh, well, obviously Matthew, because that talks (laughs) about, but you know, no matter what part of scripture I'm studying, thinking about the fact that Jesus came and thinking about how it points to Jesus, it actually makes actual Christmas time, December, so much more sweeter because I think it gives me a deeper understanding of who God is and a deeper love for him. Yeah, that's really good. I think along those same lines, like looking at the son of God and understanding that, like I've, we've said a bunch of times here, but th- that he wasn't just born at Christmas right. time and understanding how, like you're saying, every passage points to him and, and how every passage shows us either our need for him or his presence or something about him really does help us to see Christmas differently because a lot of times I think we kind of isolate Christmas from the story, grand story of uh-huh. scripture. Yeah, I think we do too. And then, or when we think about the grand story of scripture, we tend to think of Jesus like death on the mm-hmm. cross as yeah. the main part of redemption. Right. And so this kind of like re recenters us mm-hmm. in understanding like creation, fall and redemption all have to do with Christmas yes. and Christmas yes. does have like it all pull plays off each other. Is yeah. That right? So, so what like practically can we do? What can we apply to our lives now that we see Christmas in light of creation, fall and redemption? Um, so we talked about this a little bit in the, I think the first Advent episode, but I think that, um, kind of drawing some boundaries and we talked about how it's different for every family but whatever it takes for your specific family to set boundaries that allow you to put Jesus first Mm -hmm. um just really keeping in mind that Christmas is such a big part of our redemption Mm -hmm. a big part of the gospel if I keep that in the forefront of my mind, I feel like that kind of pushes away stressors that come with the Christmas season, mm-hmm. like getting the perfect gift or getting the perfect pictures or doing all the Christmas things or whatever you may feel pressure to do. If you keep in mind, like, this is the gospel. Right. Like, what we're celebrating right now is the gospel. If you're able to keep that in mind and draw boundaries for what um, – for what your priority should be, I feel like it it just helps a lot with these like frivolous mm-hmm. stressors that yeah. come with Christmas. Yeah, I mean that's kind of what I was thinking too. Ba- like basically, basically around the same thing of like that everything should flow from this. Yes, yes. So like our gift giving mm-hmm. or our Christmas parties or our getting presents for teachers or all of the things that come with this season should flow from the fact that like 
Christmas is a gift to us. Like Jesus coming as a baby is the gift. That is the gift. And so everything we do should then flow from mm-hmm. that as opposed to like intention with that. Yeah. And so I think like that, like you're saying, that could look really very clearly as like boundaries. I think it can also look like a daily um, like surrender of yeah. like just mm-hmm. like very practical. Like maybe it's you picked one of those devotions that we talked about um, in that resource series, or maybe you're walking through a book of the Bible or whatever that is, but just spending time in prayer saying like, Lord, help me to remember what this season is about. Mm-hmm. Like help me to do everything from an overflow of the fact that I have received the ultimate gift from you. And even like sometimes I feel like I, and may tend to go into like a um, works-based mentality during this season. That's exactly what I was thinking, yeah. Yeah, and so just even like that, the fact, like all those verses that we talked about today that have the word gift in them, Uh like just reading those over myself and praying scripture. There's a lot of power in praying scripture. And so just like praying those scriptures and reminding myself like everything I have is because of you coming as a baby and, you know, living and giving us this gift, then hopefully I won't tend to fall into that idea of like, hey, I have to earn this or I have to do this thing or I have to do whatever that is. So, I mean, it, so it could look like boundaries. It could look like more intentional prayer time. It may look like um, really just going through this meta narrative in the gospel in your head every day when you're doing the dishes or whatever that is. I think finding something that's really practical for you that will help you to focus on what's really important during mm-hmm. this season um, will be worth it for I sure. I think you hit the nail on the head with the, the workspace thing. You don't want this to turn into a, I've got to, you know, check off the list yeah. of making sure that everything I do is quote unquote intentional. I think that intentional is kind of a buzzword, you know, in the, in the, Christian life yeah. right now you need yeah. to be intentional you need to be intentional but that doesn't mean that it has to be like it's not a workspace thing yes you should be living your everyday life intentionally that doesn't mean that you have to have a craft for every day for your kids that goes along with the specific bible right. story or go you know because Jonathan and I were talking about this a few weeks ago he was like how can be we be really intentional during the Christmas season and I automatically went to okay so one day we can bake cookies for people and one uh-huh. day we can we can pay for their Starbucks and one day we can do this and he was kind of like whoa hold the phone like Casey <laughs> You know, this is way too much. Like, this is more of a heart thing than a works thing. Like, he was really good to remind me of that. And he was like, you're going to get overwhelmed with all this, and then you're going to lose sight of why we're doing this to begin with. Right. How can we be intentional without being Mm workspace? So I think there's a tension there um, that you have to just figure out what works for you and what works for your family. Yeah, Yeah, that's good. It's a good reminder. Yeah. All right, next week we're going to wrap up. One more episode on Advent. With glorification and how that ties into Christmas. If you enjoyed this episode, please feel free to subscribe and leave a review on iTunes. And most importantly, share with a friend. The beautiful music that you've heard on this episode today is by the incredibly talented Katie Cox.